This is a trigger warning. This episode contains adult themes. This episode contains references to suicide and mental health. And if you need some help, please make sure you reach out and talk to someone. Well, hello and welcome to The Divine Podcast. I'm your host, Dee, and some of you may recognize me from my reality TV show days, or if you're new here, I hope you can connect with my ideas and thoughts on things that really shape who I am as a person. I will be sharing personal stories and conversations that will make you laugh at my pain, cry with me through heartbreaks, and feel hopeful about life and all its roller coaster of emotions. We are back for the very first episode of the year of the divine. And today I have with me the lovely Brittany Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't use that name. Yeah. <laughs> but then like your Instagram name is Brittany, Brittany Linda. Linda. And I was yeah. like, surely your mum wouldn't give you Linda as a last name. <laughs> I just don't tell people it's Stevens. Why? I just don't like it. I love it. It sounds like very uh white yeah but you are very white but you can speak mandarin though <laughs> so, <laughs> so Brittany and i have been um friends for how long now do you even remember of years. yeah because uh you reached out to me on instagram yeah. um as an influencer because you're also an amazing hairdresser <laughs> as well as an amazing fitness guru <laughs> um i'm not talking going to talk about hairdressing today but, <laughs> but you messaged me on instagram or i think i messaged you no, I messaged you. Yeah. I messaged you because I saw somebody else collab with you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, come in. Yeah. Like, I want to do your hair. I was like, amazing. Yeah. I came in. I was like, get my hair done for free. Yeah. <laughs> you did an amazing job and I've never left you ever since. Yeah. <laughs> we just clicked like that. I know. I know. So um, thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah. So I'm Brittany. <laughs> I'm Linda 26. Stevens. <laughs> Linda Stevens. Linda. Brittany Linda. <laughs> I'm 26. I'm a nutritionist, a hairdresser, a bit of everything. Um, basically, I got into the fitness industry maybe seven years ago now. Um, I used to do a little bit of bodybuilding. And then now I basically just take on clients and teach them how to lose weight and how to become the better version of themselves. Yeah. And yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So why, like, how did you, I don't even know the story of how you started bodybuilding. So I, because obviously when I knew you, you were a hairdresser. I didn't know yeah. like you had this whole fitness side thing. <laughs> I and keep then, them super separate. Yeah. I have like the Brittany Linda side and then hairdressing's probably more Brittany Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two different personalities yeah. there. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I got into bodybuilding Honestly, I remember I started going to the gym when I was in a relatively bad relationship. Mm. Um, and I remember saying, I'm going to go and get muscles. And he was like, <laughs> what the fuck? What do you mean you're going to go get muscles? You can, you can swear on this <laughs> podcast. It's my podcast. You can say fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, I was literally like, he was like, what the fuck? And I was like, no, I'm going to get big. I'm going yeah. to get big muscles. And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. You're going to get big muscles. And I did. Yeah. I went to the gym and I went so hard at it. And then it was like not enough for me. I needed to take another step and I got into bodybuilding. Mm. Um, and I competed a couple of times, but every time I competed, I ended up really sick. I ended up in hospital. I just took it way too far. Um, I don't think I had like enough knowledge then on fitness and nutrition and that's when I started studying because I just mm. wanted to learn more about I guess what was happening inside my body and why I was reacting this way when so many other people do it and they seem fine but mm. I got so sick every time and what was the reason why you got so um, sick? different reasons every time but mm. I think the bottom line came down to I wasn't asking enough questions mm. there was no 
I just trusted what I was told without asking like, why am I doing this? Um, is this necessary? Like talking about how I feel. And I wasn't really listening to my body. Mm. I was just listening to what the coach told me to do, mm. which in some cases it isn't always right for everyone. And I should have just asked more questions. Um, the last time I went in was literally just cause I was malnourished. Yeah. Um, and they said to me, you, you can't, you can't do this. Your body can't keep up. You're running yourself into the ground on top of bodybuilding. I was like, working so many hours yeah. and I was pushing myself too hard um and then yeah the last time when I when I stopped competing and finally came back to normal weight I just haven't gone back to it since because it drains you mentally as mm. well um and now that I know so much more about nutrition I guess looking back I can definitely see all the mistakes that were made and I wanted to be able to show people that you can do it healthy mm. you don't have to sit there and train like a bodybuilder and eat like a bodybuilder to be happy with the way that you look and be happy with the things that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like your relationship with like your ex-boyfriend at the time really was the main driver behind you wanting to like work on yourself and look better or like did he sort of make you feel some kind of way? Was that the driver behind it? Because I know for a fact when I was saying my ex-boyfriend who was like a massive gym junkie and all that stuff, he used to make me feel really bad about the way I looked. And I would, like, get, like, sort of body dysmorphia about it. So then I'd force myself to go to the gym and, like, do things, like, really in an unhealthy way. Like, you know, doing cardio for an hour after a weight session just because of, like, this need and this drive to make myself look and fit a certain stereotype that he wanted me to be. Was that sort of similar to why you started bodybuilding or did you just want to do it for yourself? I feel like it sparked something in me, but I don't think it was really because of him. I think it was more of like a – because I felt like I'd been put into this position of like I guess like the man was always in control of everything. Like he was so in control of the relationship Mm. that I wanted to do something like, no, like I'm in control of this. Mm. This is me. This is like I'm powerful, I'm strong. And I was like, I want to feel strong. I was very complacent. I didn't say a lot. I didn't have a lot to say. I just sort of sat in my place and did as I was told. Mm. And then once I like flicked the switch and was like, no, like this is not me, I needed – I felt like I needed to sort of back that up with something. And I think the gym is where that started. Yeah. The gym, when I started there, I was like – and even then I was still so shy and I was very timid and I didn't talk a whole lot. And then you I guess shy? from the gym, I was so shy. I remember I went to the gym. I remember like six months I was going there every day and then they closed down the women's area and had yeah. to train in the normal area. I like bawled my eyes out. I was like, I can't go in front of people. Like I can't, you want me to go out there? I couldn't do that. So how did you get over that? Um, I just had to keep going. I I was lucky. I had really good friends at the time that Mm. I met at the gym. Um, And I remember them literally saying, what's wrong with you? Like, why wouldn't you go out there? I was like, I can't. There's too many people like ran back Mm. into the toilets. And I was like, I can't. And I think over time of slowly just telling myself, it's going to be okay. It did become better. Um, And then now it is what it is. Every gym is my playground. Because now if you look at you, yeah. <laughs> you just get used to it. Yeah. You, you know, you have to, you have to just push yourself a little bit harder, and then you, you sort of rebuild this this love for that almost. Like mm. it, it turns the nervousness into excitement. Yeah, you um, gotta do something that makes you uncomfortable every day yeah, for just a little 100%. bit. Yeah, I'm such a big advocate of that. You have to like take yourself out of your comfort zone or else you're not going to grow exactly and if i didn't do that back then i'd probably still be this shy little girl who was yeah. too scared to talk to people but that's just how i was back then yeah. so yeah 
Yeah, I really admire that because <laughs> that that was like for me when I started my fitness journey. Like I by no means can ever bodybuild because I think I just love food too much. Because <laughs> when you so when you used to tell me the stories about how like you had to like measure everything you eat, I, was I like, still do measure everything. Oh, <laughs> fuck that. But it's to a different extreme now. <laughs> now it's like so that I can enjoy better foods. Yeah. in a larger quantity. Yeah. I really admire the dedication to that because <laughs> I wish I was like as dedicated to something like that in my life instead of just. Partying. <laughs> it's okay. We love that side of D. We love that side of D. <laughs> yeah. So with your um, nutrition and coaching side of things, like how do you sort of take your clients through the whole, if they were to start the journey, do they come to you seeking bodybuilding advice or is it more like to get fit and healthy? What do your clients sort of come to you for? My main clientele is weight loss, mm. um, but it's never, it's never a completely straight line. Mm. Some people have been dieting for such a long time or dieting the wrong way and they their habits are completely wrong. Mentally, they don't want to eat carbs. Mm. They've told themselves if you eat carbs, you're going to get fat. You have to go and do four hours of cardio a day to lose weight. Um, weights make you bulky. All of mm. these little myths sort of um, you have to lead them away from mm. and you've got to be able to pull them into their maintenance phase and be comfortable with eating more to be able to then say, okay, now we can pull it back and I can show you how to do it the right way. Mm. Um, yeah, so I guess that's definitely a big thing. It's hard because sometimes they've got it so embedded in their brain that they need more of a mental coach first before you can actually show them how to lose weight. Yeah, and social media, I feel like, doesn't really help that as well. Like, you look at all these, like, fitness influencers. A lot of them have been, like, showing the more real side of themselves. Like, like this is their struggles and stuff. But a lot of them still do, like, you know, face tune or editing the photos, yep. which make it, makes it unrealistic for someone who wants to, like, change their body and they compare themselves to other people saying, why don't I look like that? And yeah. I feel like it's just... You know, everybody is different. Like, not everyone's going to look the same. Not everyone's going to have a six-pack or, like, yeah, an eight-pack. You just have to do what's right for your body. Yeah. And that's something, like, that I struggled with personally a lot. Like, you know, even with my time on TV, I remember I was never really, like, self-conscious. But when I was on TV, I became more self-conscious because then I started comparing myself to how, like, my reality TV star castmates would look. And I'd be like well, why don't I look like that? Why should I start fixing this? And it's so common in the industry to change something about yourself if you're not happy through surgery. Yeah. And I'm just thankful that I had, like, really good friends in my life who, like, told me, like, to never do it or whatever because there's nothing wrong with doing surgery, obviously, but I just – I'm more of, like – for what reason why do you want to do it you know is it because you want validation from other people or is it because like it's a deep-rooted thing that you need like yeah. from yourself yeah yeah so do you ever feel like pressured because you know you are in the industry to ever like feel like oh i want to like do this little tweak to change my body or do you feel pressured to like edit your photos in a certain way or whatever to make it look like you match the industry standards of what a fitness influence I should look like? I feel like I've definitely been through that phase. Mm. I think that's probably back when I was competing, mm. especially when I went back to a normal weight. I remember feeling like I like going back to normal weight, I was like, now I don't look like I train now. I just look like a normal person. Mm. It's just not good enough. Like I need to look like an athlete. I need to look a certain way. I need to be lean enough. Now it's not – I feel like I preach so much that I like – to just be a healthy person and I like to heal and I like I think I preach that so much more that being natural now is is the way yeah you know yeah that's that is how I am that is how I preach and I think that 
comes with a really long time. Like it takes a long time to get yourself there. Mm. But I definitely used to go through that. I remember going through stages and you're always like face tuning things, you're editing things, you're smoothing things, you know, put on a bit of weight and you have a bit of cellulite and you're like, oh, people are going to judge me. Seeing me out in public without makeup on, I don't wear makeup mm. half the time, but you'd feel mm. like if someone saw you out, they're like, oh, they're going to think I don't look like my Instagram photos. Mm. It's such a big thing. Social media, it definitely ruins people. It has a lot of good to it. But there's definitely a bad side to it that can yeah. push people further down, for sure. Yeah. And um, a lot of my, you know, insecurities and stuff do stem from uh, my childhood. I was talking to my parents about it this weekend because we had a, a family meeting. Like, we never usually have a family meeting, but I just feel like there's just been such like a mass disconnect between my family and I recently. So I really just wanted to sit them down because my brother, he's, um, he's 22 now, and he's, like, getting to the stage where he doesn't feel like he wants to be at home because with like I don't know I told you a bit of this but my mum she's like um an immigrant from Vietnam so like she grew up in Vietnam where it was like at the end of the war and it was really like hard and harsh so growing up here when she came to Australia she had me she didn't really know how to mother me in a way that was um nurturing or anywhere that could like help boost my self-esteem so Mm. her love language was a lot of um criticism so she used to make a lot of comments about my body and like the way I looked and all that stuff and it's very common in the Asian culture to to talk about like someone else's body image and that was like a massive thing I dealt with like growing up and I had to say to her like recently because recently I came home and she was like oh you know you look really dark because you've been out in the sun and stuff like don't um wear those clothes because it makes your like thighs look big and I had I snapped and I said to her Mum, like, you got to stop commenting on my body. Like, I'm 29 years old now. I'm at the stage where enough is enough. Mm. And she just doesn't get that, like, those little micro, like, comments over the years add up. And it really, like, you know, plays with your head. And I have, like, major anxiety, major issues Mm. about it. Um, And it's only through, like, getting therapy and talking it out that I actually have, you know, managed to keep it under control. But I used to, yeah, have really dark thoughts swelling my head yeah and yeah it's real intense but yeah that's something I talk about in my book that I have coming out in February so that's a good segue into the book Uh, but I wanted to show you this because it's my first draft Um, I've been talking about this for a while and I felt like you know after the whole MTV cancellation thing so much has happened like in my life and a lot of people um don't really like know where I came from or understand like why I am the way I am and I wanted to create a book where I write down like you know my mum's story of how she came to Australia how I was growing up in Australia as well as sort of like a legacy piece for when I have children because when I have children they're not going to have the life that I did they're going to have a great life and I want them to know like their roots and like what it was like for me growing up and there's a lot of themes in this that you know I would like think hope that other women in my life or other women in general would really relate to because a lot of it is you know a lot of things that all of us go through as women like as coming of age and stuff Mm. yeah Wow, that's amazing. I definitely think people will relate to that a lot because sometimes people need to know that, especially when you have such, you know, on your Instagram, you can see that you have this beautiful life now and you've got really lovely people around you. And And you're one of them. I love you. (laughs) I do know that like some of what most of your story, I think from 
what you've told me and I know that there's probably a lot more that I don't know and I think it's really important for you to share that to people because it it almost it the more that you talk about things like that the more that other people understand like it's okay they're mm. going to be okay if they are going through something and to be able to speak up and be able to talk about it and heal through it it's not something you're going to carry through with you for your whole life mm. you, you are going to get through it and you are going to feel better and and change is always, you know, going to be there. So I think it's really nice, especially if when you have kids, your kids are going to read that and be like, wow, that's my mama. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why, like, I appreciate you so much and love you so much. Like, I, I remember when I first met you, we didn't really connect straight away, but mm. we, as, you know, we got to know each other, we started being more open and vulnerable with each other. And I think that's we were also on a journey, and I don't think we were at the right part of our journey then to click. Yeah, and right now I feel like I've gotten a lot closer to you over the last couple of months than I did, you know, when we first met each other because, you know, we both at this stage where we we want to actively heal and it's all part of like maturing and mm. growing up and I said to you the other day like one of my intentions um this year is to have more connections that are, are more raw and real like yeah. I want to have girlfriends where I could have conversations about this and about what's happened to me in the past because having a book is really fucking vulnerable like mm. when I was writing it 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 was good because it was really cathartic for me to heal but it's also like it's bearing my soul because in it I talk about, you know, I don't know if I told you, but when I was like six, I was sexually assaulted and all that stuff. I think I mentioned yeah. it on one of our drunken nights. Yeah. <laughs> we were crying. Actually, I think we were sitting in the spa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were sitting in the spa. And we were talking about my DMT trip yeah. with Asti. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we yes, were. yes, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you are one of my girlfriends that I feel like I can be really open and vulnerable with and, like, you hold space for me and I I want to be like that for you as well and everyone in my life. So this book hopefully will have be, – will be allow that connection to open and flourish. Mm. Like, people would read it and hopefully, like, you know, they can reach out to me and they talk to me about anything because yeah. that's all I really want. It's all about connection in a day. This is why I want to do this podcast as well. Mm. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think by allowing yourself to be vulnerable, it allows space for that to heal as well. I mean, it's something that could possibly never 100% heal from, but taking the steps to do that sort of makes you be able to move move past it and, and start this new mental chapter for you. Yeah. Which is really nice. Healing's a fucking beast of a journey, though. It's it a long journey. It never fucking ends. Yeah. And, you know, you've seen me th go through, like, DMT, mm. like, kinesiology and, like, yeah. all these psychedelics and stuff. And I just feel like, <laughs> like I'm almost 30 now. I'm 30 in, like, six weeks. What stage can I stop healing? Like, heal forever, baby. Uh, heal forever. Why? why do I have to work on healing? Because look how much better your life is now compared to where you used to be mentally. A lot of people don't go through the things that people like us have been through and come yeah. out in such a positive space. Yeah, that's true. So that's a big thing. Like, mm. I, you know, you see people all the time. It's like, why me? Poor me. This And they just never come out of it. And they're yeah. the people that you end up distancing from because you're like, well, poor you, but it's time to take action. Yeah. It's time you can't say poor me anymore. It's let's move on. Yeah. And you've never done the poor me, maybe in a moment of, you know, upset or, you know, a moment of weakness, but you're like, no, I want to feel good and I'm going to feel good and I'm going to heal. And that's it. And you know, like, it's, um, there's a science behind why people have like the whole why me, poor me thing. Cause I feel like a lot of times it's a lot easier to just be like depressed and sit in that depression because like your brain gets addicted to feeling like that and craving that sort of like, you know, like, deep dark depression because yeah. when I was going through it when you know I, the whole cancellation thing and I was in America and 
I, I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I had friends like reaching out to me. You even reached out to me as yeah. well. And I just didn't want to talk to anyone because it was just easier to just... Downward spiral. Yeah, to just sit in your own darkness and let mm. those thoughts fester and like manifest. And it's, yeah, it is actually like a really like big concern. And one of the only reasons why I got out of it was honestly just by exercising. Yeah. 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 Which is such a big thing, such a big thing for your mental health. Yeah, you know the endorphins that are released in exercising. Sometimes that's the only thing that can pick you up in that in that moment, even if you don't feel like doing it. Yeah, you know, I remember I actually went through a bit of a period like that too, where I started to feel really down and depressed, and just sort of like, what am I doing every day? Like, is my routine just you know? You get it so deep in routine, you're sort of looking for the end. Yeah, and then I remember I had sort of dropped off with exercising a little bit, mm. and I got back into it, and I was like what's wrong with me yeah why was I feeling like that I just needed something to I needed to get back into routine whether or not I wanted to do it mm. and then it was became a habit of even if you don't feel like going just go Let's outside go. and exercise even if you're just going outside even if you doesn't have to be the gym do anything go swimming do mm. something get the endorphins going because it like connects to your brain almost instantly you feel mm. better you feel happy and it's like okay I, I can actually do this mm. like I've got this it's such a big thing I feel like um I can take it to the extreme sometimes as well because, like, sometimes I, I I love exercising, I love working out, but then, like, other times I get too addicted to it. So, like, I do gym, I do Pilates, mm. I do pole, I do swimming, I do yoga, I do everything. It gets to a point where, like, my body's literally, like, getting burnt out, but yeah. my brain, it's like I get addicted to that, that feeling of, like, oh, I, I, I want to, like, feel this adrenaline, I want to be, like, because i got such an addictive personality. I yep. just love doing everything, like at the same time mm. and you know it's also hard because I do compare myself a lot to what I see on social media and that's never going to go away you know so what advice would you give someone like me who is like wanting to start their gym journey or like exercise journey um and like someone who's worried about like the body appearance or whatever like what is the advice you can give someone Always start off with the basics um, and don't do too much at once. Yeah. I feel like when people first get into exercising, especially when people come to me for like programs, they don't train, they're not eating right. And they're yeah. like, I'm going to, I want to eat everything to the T perfect and I want to train six days a week. And then I'm going to do cardio on top of that. Yeah. I think you just got to start off with step one. And step one, I'd probably would say to start off with something like a really active day-to-day routine. So maybe just start by adding in walking first, if you're not doing any exercise, mm. walking first and eating right by eating right it can be having um some protein in every meal veggies and a small amount of carbs Mm. and a little bit of fats on the side there's usually like a rule of thumb you say like a palm full of um protein yeah fistful of carbs and then a thumb full of fats Mm. so something that you're just sort of eating moderately during the day because food is going to be the first thing that's going to give you nutrients to your brain it's going to make you feel better and then you're like i've got a bit of a routine now then you can start off training. If you haven't trained before, I probably would advise to get a coach first because Mm. it can go horribly wrong if you don't know what you're doing or start off with something that you think you'll enjoy, like Pilates. Yeah. Um, So I'm not the biggest fan of sort of like functional training classes because I think sometimes people can get a little bit injured in there because they take it too fast with Mm. not enough knowledge. But I think they're really good for people to help get into a routine of training. Mm. So classes are going to like motivate you to start off by going to the gym and starting your journey and you can build on it from there. You can never get to step five. You know, you can't get there from straight away. You've got to build up to it. You've got to start off with step one and you've got to be, you know, just more active 
achieve, get yourself into a routine and you can slowly work up to being this full-on gym junkie who wants to go to yeah. the gym every day. But definitely don't start off with everything at once. And I think that's so important, especially like at this stage in the year, everyone's got New Year's resolution and most people are like, I want to be fitter and I want to be healthier. And I'm notorious for that, you know, you know, after the Christmas period, mm. you're drinking every single day. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Cut out all alcohol. Yeah, well, that's the big thing though, is you need to set little goals like that. Instead of saying cut out alcohol the whole month, <laughs> maybe do like no alcohol during the week and maybe a certain amount of like maybe limit yourself to like three glasses of wine on the weekend literally max. after new year's i was like i'm not i'm doing dry january <laughs> i actually remember you saying that <laughs> and then i had like two birthdays and <laughs> juicy fest i was like uh, no. uh yeah maybe february <laughs> yeah february's my yeah. birthday so no oh well there you go <laughs> maybe march maybe march oh maybe do with your march. <laughs> no but see that's the thing is i don't think cutting out anything altogether is a good idea i think when it comes to alcohol if it's more like a challenge for yourself yeah. yes but if you're some if you feel like no i need to cut out alcohol and I need to do this now then maybe there's something more behind that like yeah it's you know it's got to be a whole thing together that you're getting healthy not just one thing if that's you're drinking so too true. much then maybe look at what it is that's causing is it too many social events maybe you need to work to go to social events without alcohol together and that's just see how you go exactly <laughs> right but if it's something that you're committed to doing because if you go one extreme to the next the next yeah. time that you decide to add it back in you're going to go four times as hard yeah and that's I like, have an addictive personality too so yeah. i understand everything you're saying <laughs> i totally get it i'm the same i'm an extremist i'm all, yeah, in, all girl, out i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is so true because um i remember i was talking to rob like the guy that i went and saw my kinesiologist for so like before i used to have a massive addiction like addiction problem with weed like i was smoking i was were you going to say something Oh, I thought you were like waving. Sorry. Um, I had a massive addiction with weed because I was finding like after like work or something, I can't wait for like 420 to like yeah. have a little smoke. But I was smoking almost every single day and it got to a point where I wasn't even enjoying it. I was just doing it because out of habit. Mm. And he goes to me, um, why are you doing this? I was like, well, I just love the way I feel like when I'm relaxed and stuff. And he's like, well, that's something that's going on with your brain. You Like you need it because of the a certain like issue that you haven't addressed. And then he fixed that side of me. And like, now I don't feel like I need it anymore. But yeah, and saying that though, like little steps to identify why you need to do those things. Like why do you need to drink so much? Why do you need to always be like present at these social events and getting drunk off your head? Like that's so mm. important to really identify for your own sort of, healing journey yeah, yeah big time and being able to have control over them like even if you know it is a social month and you have found you've been having a little bit more alcohol than normal are you having alcohol that you're in control of mm. or are you not in control of it like are you going out and you're like oh i drank way too much last night stuffed up again or is it more like had a couple of drinks was good with it i'm still in control of it i don't need it every day yeah. i don't think i don't i think alcohol is something that people don't realize when you do start drinking it so often that it, it becomes a problem a habit, especially yeah. if it is social yeah and you're like wow i've been out so many times this week i've had alcohol like so much in one week i don't think we realize that especially this time of year it's such a busy time of year people are out there's events on there's social things on i don't think people realize the habit that they cause from alcohol yeah yeah and yeah. I'm so bad for that because I work from home yeah and I hope my employer is not listening <laughs> to this podcast but when I work from home sometimes it's like oh fuck can't deal with this day. afternoon <laughs> wine yeah pour myself yep. a little drink <laughs> yeah yeah I totally understand that same with me get home from work glass of wine great one just calm yourself and down they add up to be honest actually a glass of wine a day is actually not bad for you oh so yeah it's actually okay, not so bad there is a lot of antioxidants <laughs> in it glass of red wine is actually not bad but it depends on what your goal is if you're trying to lose but there's weight. also 
there like a lot of sugars in wine as yeah, well? Yeah, it depends. It depends on what type of wines you go for. But what about white what, wines? Uh, white wines, yeah, there's more antioxidants in red. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's, again, if you're only having one a day and it's like – that means one a day and also including the weekends. If you're having one a day and then ten on the weekends, then no, that doesn't count. <laughs> if it's one a day and also on the weekends, then that's also fine. My problem is I can never stop at one glass of wine. Yes, yeah, it's that's so same. good. That's why I just avoid it all day. Yeah. Like, it's too yeah. hard. I know. <laughs> See, like extremists like us, you yeah. put things in place because you know that you're not going to stop at one. I know. If you're somebody that can control it, great. Yeah. But it just tastes so good. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, like I feel like, if anyone is sort of seeking um, advice for the new year to like get back into like fitness and health and like just re-center themselves and find their own stage of healing, they should definitely reach out to you. So can you please tell the audience where they can find you? <laughs> so you can find me through my Instagram, Brittany Linda underscore fit, um, or my website is BrittanyLindaCoaching.com. And oh. I have a apply now page on there where I give you a call and we have a chat about everything that's going on. So what do you provide? What's your full service? So um, I do nutrition plans where I give you education on what foods you're eating, why you're eating them, what they're going to do for your body. Um, depending on your goal, we will then give you, you know, calories you can follow. And then I also give you a training plan. Doesn't need to be a weights program. Can be whatever you mm. are ready to fit into your day-to-day lifestyle. Um, and we check in quite a lot. I usually speak to my clients almost almost every day. So about every day, every second day. How do you juggle that with your hair? (laughs) I get up at 4 a.m. That's insane. And I work from 4 till 7 on pre-preparing things when my clients usually aren't awake at that time. So I pre-prepare it when they're ready to go. Um, And then when I go to the salon, I wait for an appropriate time and then <laughs> send things out send things in between out to toners them. yeah pretty much <laughs> i give myself like set times in the day where i'll be able to duck out and, and do things i've got mm. a desk at the salon mm. too so i just yeah. work it in there when you have two passions you just make it work but what's your like main core passion if you could choose one um i don't think i could choose one yeah i think for me fitness just started out so much as a hobby mm. and then i became so I guess I just kept learning so much. I was like, people need to know this. Mm. People need to know, like, it's there's so much about your body that it's just huge, you know. There's so mm. much to learn. And I love teaching people that. Mm. But hair for me is different because I can make people feel beautiful. You know, when someone has, like, a reaction to see the self in the mirror and they're like, oh, my God, like, mm. the comments that you get, they're so fulfilling. People are like, wow, this is, like, my dream hair. You're like, wow, yeah. I, like, I did that for her. They're two completely different passions and yeah. different reasons why I love both so I don't think I'd ever give any of them up I think it's Mm. they're both there they're set in stone it's really inspiring (laughs) that you have hobbies where you know you can help other people and not many people have those hobbies so it's a really admirable quality of yours thank you and that's why you know you're one of my best friends and I love you so much (laughs) thank you you so much for coming on thanks for having me it was a lot of fun Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to reach out and say hello, feel free to email me on hello at the divine.com. That's divine with a D-E-E. I'm also active on socials on Instagram only, not Twitter, at D Nguyen. See ya.